There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash make your bed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash make your bed. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Today, we're talking about media literacy again from this really dope article slash open library resource I found. But it says, in Gutenberg's age and the subsequent modern era, literacy, the ability to read and write, was a concern not only of educators, but also of politicians, social reformers, and philosophers. A literate population, many reasoned, would be able to seek out information, stay informed about the news of the day, communicate effectively, and make informed decisions in many spheres of life. Because of this, literate people made better citizens, better parents, and better workers. Several centuries later, as global literacy rates continued to grow, there was a new sense that merely being able to read and write wasn't enough. In a media-saturated world, individuals needed to be able to sort through and analyze this information that we were bombarded with every day. In the second half of the 20th century, the skill of being able to decode and process the messages and the symbols transmitted via media was named media literacy. According to the nonprofit National Association for Media Literacy Education, or NAML, a person who is media literate can access, analyze, evaluate, and communicate information. Put another way by John Culkin, a pioneering advocate for media literacy education, who says the new mass media, film and radio and TV are new languages. Their grammar as yet unknown. 
Media literacy seeks to give media consumers the ability to understand this new language. So with this, they offer some very valuable questions that we should all be asking. One, who created this message? Two, what are the author's credentials? Three, why was the message created? Four, is the message trying to get me to act or think in a certain way? Five, is someone making money for creating this message? Six, who is the intended audience? Seven, how do I know this information is accurate? Culkin called the pervasiveness of media the unnoticed fact of our present. Noting that media information was as omnipresent and easy to overlook as the air we breathe. Our exposure to media starts early, and most Americans do get our information from various media sources. And it would be ignorant to say that all of those information sources are equal. One crucial role of media literacy education is to enable us all to skeptically examine the often conflicting media messages that we receive every day. And I truly feel like advertising is getting more and more insidious, so it's really important to pay attention to how we are interacting with and dealing with the commercially sponsored content that is popping up, and it's often hidden in really sneaky ways. According to this, the Federal Trade Commission estimates that each child age 2 to 11 saw, on average, 25,629 TV commercials in 2004 alone, which came out to more than 10,700 minutes of ads, while adults were taking in 52,469 ads or about 15 and a half days worth of TV ads in 2004. That was two decades ago. And listen, we all gotta eat. It's a capitalist system, and we're all selling something to survive. Whether it be our time, our resources, our services, our brain power, our organization skills, our caretaking skills, or products themselves. The problem is, advertising in itself does often rely on techniques that use psychological pressure to influence decision-making that is not necessarily moral or just. Using psychological techniques to market is gross to me, and I always will be. But inherently, that's impossible to avoid. I'm a charming person, so me selling anything is a tactic, technically. So it can get slippery to talk about. But ads that appeal to vanity, insecurity, prejudice, fear, or a desire for adventure are all powerful motivators. So media literacy teaches us how to be guarded consumers so that we can evaluate claims with a critical eye. And while advertisements may have the explicit goal of selling a product or idea or service, they are definitely not the only form of media with an agenda for us. We've got political agendas. We've got media agendas. We've got corporate agendas. We've got PR agendas. And then we have the attention economy agenda, which everyone is just fighting for your attention. Any way you cut it, mass communication messages or messages in general are always going to be created by individuals. And each individual has his or her own set of values and assumptions and priorities and perspectives. 
Accepting media messages at face value could lead to confusion because of all the contradictory information that is available. And what I get from it is it's not bad to ingest this content or information if you learn how to sift through it and filter it and take some of it with a grain of salt. In the past, one major goal of education was to provide students with the information deemed necessary to successfully engage with the world. But now we don't necessarily need all that information because we have access to it in our pockets. And as a result, we should shift our education practices to be more critical and inclusive of this new technology. Because regardless of how you cut it, it's here to stay and we're going to use it. It's a cliche joke at this point, among people my age at least, that our teachers used to say, you won't have a calculator in your pocket when you grow up, so you need to learn how to do your math and your multiplication tables, only to literally have a calculator in my pocket and nearly everyone around May's pocket since literally the day I graduated college, which is kind of a bummer, actually. (laughs) To be fair, I did have a Nokia brick phone in... I think the end of high school, definitely in college, and I spent a lot of hours playing Snake. Anyway, uh, changes in technology really have necessitated changes in how we learn. As communication scholar David Burlow noted, education needs to be geared towards the handling of data rather than the accumulation of data. Basically, it's important to assess the author, the format, the audience, the content, and the purpose. With those considerations as a jumping off place, we can ensure that we're staying informed about what our information is trying to tell us versus what it is telling us by understanding where it comes from and why it was sent. Either way, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.